Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Brickhouse. And today we have Stephanie Rawlings on the show, who is a survivor of an alcoholic parent. So as you may have guessed, today's topic is how I survived being a child of an alcoholic. Thank you for joining us on the Sober Podcast, Stephanie. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Um, so many of... Um, the side effects uh, as addicts and alcoholics, um, we, we talk about that, but it's difficult to put yourself in our family member's shoes sometimes. So tell us, Stephanie, what it was like for you growing up as a child of an alcoholic. So my parents divorced when I was eight years old. No, I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, they both remarried by the time I was seven. I have an amazing stepmom. Um, when my parents got divorced and my mom got remarried, um, she was drinking then, but not to the excess it was after she divorced her second husband. Um, there would be days I would, the, when it was her weekend that she'd be in bed all weekend, you know, and then just proceed to drink to oblivion. And then there were times that she was just raging, um, I used to have hair down to my waist and she took my hair both sides of my head and threw me across the room. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very verbally abusive. She would fat shame me in public when I was eating as yeah. a child. Um, so you just never knew what you were going to get. It could be all wishes and rainbows and things like that. And the next thing you know, the dragon came out. Yeah, so totally unpredictable behavior. Totally unpredictable. Um, she threatened to leave me on my dad's porch in the middle of the night with nothing but a t-shirt on when the night she got arrested for her DUI. Mm-hmm. 
and which thankfully I was screaming hysterically crying and just told her that I loved her. And she just took me back to her apartment and basically left me there until my dad and stepmom found me the next day. Yeah. So how, um, did your mother, did she remain alcoholic throughout your childhood? And did she have custody of you the whole time? No, she, my parents decided on uh, joint custody because my dad didn't have the means to file for full custody. But eventually when I was nine years old, I went to live with my dad and stepmom full time. Mm-hmm. And, and go ahead. And um, after her DUI, I could only see her one weekend day every other weekend. Yeah. I only got to see her twice a month. And did she, um, did she maintain, re- remain alcoholic throughout uh, the rest of your childhood? Did she get sober or what, what happened? She's been sober because she married, she's on her sixth husband now and she's uh-huh. sober. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's all laugh together that's right um good for her got sober she got sober i think with her fifth husband i think he was church going and she became church going Mm -hmm. but her behavioral things she has she has alcoholic tendencies even being sober yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that uh, when I was in uh, rehab for my alcoholism and um, um, in this program, there was a, a lot of 12 step stuff, but um, also a lot of therapy. And I had one in one with a with a counselor. And one of the books he suggested I read was um, Adult Children. It wasn't it wasn't the the um, Adult Children of Alcoholics, their main book, but it was a, another a self-help book based on that. And I thought he was talking about my father, who was a drinker and probably an alcoholic, but not but a, but but not abusive and not um, he hadn't he didn't have the serious consequences. He was a slow and steady. Right. But when I read but he the, but my therapist knew, you know, suggested it because he knew my stories at this point about my parents, and my adult childhood. And when I read it, I related more to my mother who was not an alcoholic, um, but she could be a rageaholic and, um, and she was extremely loving and stable and, you know, and together because she wasn't a drinker, but there was that unpredictable behavior and some of those patterns. Um, And uh, when I told him this, he said, well, that's actually why I was telling you to read it because I I had some serious mother issues, which he knew at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So interesting what you say about your mother after being, you know, sober, still um, exhibiting. And, you know, when you're not like, well, you know, when you get the DTs coming down off a binge drink or, you know, however long you've been raging, drinking and functioning, we were at a TGNY one weekend I was with her and her hands were shaking so bad. She couldn't hold on to anything. Mm-hmm. And she had gotten an ashtray. I don't know why she needed one. Cause she's still a smoker. Um, and she it shook so bad that she dropped and broke it. Yeah. Yeah. The sh- are definitely. I mean, I had that. Um, I had that at the end of my drinking. Um, yeah. That, she's like hanging right. onto the cart and she's just, and I'm just like, and here I am this kid trying to hold it all together to get her through the shopping experience. Wow. You know, and trying not to say the wrong thing to get berated later for something I didn't even know I did. Right, right. Did it ha- did did it have an impact on how you view alcohol or approached your own use of alcohol if you drink? Yes. 
Yes, it does. Very much so. How so? Um, I, I have alcoholism on both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got double whammied. And um, so I know, and don't get me wrong, I've had nights of, you know, drink to forget everything and all those things. We all right. go through those um, for, for most of us. But as I got older, especially after I became a mother, um, I knew my limit, you know, yeah, I could have four, depending on what I'm drinking, I could have four or five drinks and be fine and know what's going on. And, you know, I've never experienced a hangover, mm-hmm. you know, I've, well, I mean, I've been, I know <laughs> that's what they say, you know, I've been tired from a night of drinking, but I've never been like in bed sick and throwing up and things like that. So, but once I became a mom, I really reined in my drinking. Like I can have a drink every night, yeah, you know, or uh, and be fine, just one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, couple beers be one and done, because my mother's in the back of my mind. I don't want to be a nasty, dirty, filthy drunk. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't want to give my child who has special needs a bad experience with a drunken parent. Right. Right. Yeah. That is, um, that's great that, um, you have that gift of, of moderation, um, and and you're able to, you know, uh, having experienced what you experienced with your mother and, and, and other family members. Um, and I would venture to say though, that you're, I mean, you're probably not an alcoholic only because, um, because I've heard so many stories of other alcoholics who had similar childhoods like yours and say, oh, I'm never going to drink like that. I'm not going to become my mother. I'm not going to become my father. And then they end up becoming just like right. their fathers being an alcoholic. Right. And I think it's because they can't control it. And because it's, 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 they're wired that way. They're in the, it's in the right. gene sort of thing. Um, well, and I think, I think an addictive personality is hereditary. I have an uncle that drinks a case of beer a day and has for probably the last 30 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. He's almost 70, you know, and I just think addiction is one, a lot of self-control, especially if you come from a family of it. But I also think it's very hereditary because we are a product of our environment to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, hereditary in the sense that no matter what you do, or even if you don't grow up, um, maybe your immediate parents aren't alcoholics, but it's in it's but it's in the genes on both sides. So you weren't you didn't grow up in an alcoholic household, but you end up being an alcoholic or an addict because, you know, because you inherited it. Um, right. But uh, then there's you know, there's also the nurture versus nature, you know, especially a lot of people talk about how with drug addicts, you know, they may not that they may that may become may that may become a uh, a chemical dependence where they may not naturally be an addict but you know right. but. and then I also think too I wasn't I didn't have the t- my dad and stepmom weren't like don't do drugs don't do this don't do that you know they weren't real strict about it they were just like if you do it and you need a ride home call you're not going to be in trouble we just want you safe mm-hmm. and I think that's the other thing my parents which that's what I call my dad and stepmom or my parents. Mm-hmm. My mom, my biological mom is my biological mom. Um, they were open and honest about their experiences with drugs and alcohol and 
they didn't make it sound like it was a bad thing, you know? And I think sometimes kids think, Ooh, it's something my parents want me to do. I better it's do so it. It's so taboo. I have to do it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And they just didn't make it taboo. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's great. I mean, you had this early childhood of, of, of an unhealthy, very alcoholic uh, household. And then you went to one where it was um, much more uh, open and, uh, and, you know, and my dad and stepmom didn't drink like my mom drank. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we'd go if we'd go camping, there was a 12 pack of beer in the cooler. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't like my parents just came home and they're both nurses and they could drink from all the stories they told me. Um, you know, they don't didn't come home and drink every night because yeah. of a bad day at work. I mean, my mom lived in a bottle for a very long time. Well, you know, we're going to take a little quick commercial break and we'll be back um, in just a few seconds. So stick with us. Hi, I'm Sonia, the founder of Everbloom. We help you change your relationship with alcohol through connection and conversation. We provide small group meetings where you can share your story and get the encouragement and support you need to achieve your goals. Whatever your goals are, we're a judgment-free space. You can find us at joineverbloom.com, B-L-U-M-E, and try us out with a free meeting. And we are back talking to Stephanie Rawlings. Um, Have you sought out any help um, uh, or type of fellowship to work on, uh, to work with the issues surrounding being a child of an alcoholic, either growing up or later in life? Now, in high school, I did seek counseling and I went to counseling for like two years. And that did help because I got to let out some internal stuff I was struggling with, with was I a good enough daughter? Did I do make the right decisions and things like that? And I realized that my mom had problems regardless of the alcohol. The alcohol just fueled it. Right. right. So, they, were just, they were just a symptom, as a lot of us will, will say, especially when right. we stop drinking or using, um, you know, the problems are still you there. Know, and mm-hmm. I always hoped that my mother would get well and become a better person. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom got sober, but she's still not a nice person. Mm-hmm. And I just had to come with some acceptance of that. Right, right. And, and the counseling that you had in high school, what was that? What kind of, was it just with a so uh, fist or? I went, I went to my high school counselor saying, Hey, I'm not dealing well with life. And mm-hmm. um, my mom's kind of a big effect because at that time we were on speaking terms. I haven't seen or spoken to my mother in 10 years. Um, and She's like, well, there was actually, there's actually a community center in Edmond, Oklahoma, where I was going to, where I went to school, my parents still live, that they offer free counseling for families and teenagers and adults struggling. So I got to go there and I did see a licensed counselor for about 18 months and did the work, you know, um, it did change. What what kind of work did they have you do? What was the. Um, so we did a lot of visualization mm-hmm. where we I would think of an image that if that um, invoked any feelings I had towards my mother or about my mother, and then I would have to draw it or color it out. And I did that several times, and those drawings got progressively more graphic. Yeah. Um, did a lot of worksheets on feelings. 
Um, sometimes she would hand me a chart and tell me, give me, she's like, give me five words of what, of the emotions you're feeling or have been feeling. So I would do stuff like that. And it also gave me the tools to recognize if I was feeling a certain way, what I needed to do and things to think about to get me out of that mood. So if I was feeling melancholy or down, think of things that were positive to mm-hmm. influence my attitude change or my per- to make me in a better mood or be a nicer person. Yeah. And did Just you stuff uh, like that? Yeah. Yeah. And did you also come to that um, understanding, which I know I've heard a lot of um, adult children of alcoholics talk about when they get to that point where they realize it's not their fault. Right. It wasn't my fault. It was never my fault. Yeah. You know, Um. But it took a long time to get there. No, you're absolutely like, I'm like, I'm just a kid sitting here watching TV like I was told. But then I get hit upside the head with a paper bag, Uh you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't cause the divorce. I didn't cause the breakup of all her marriages. But I don't want to be the whipping boy anymore either. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you're not anymore. What is the most valuable lesson? you've learned in your journey of healing as an alcoholic child? Um, I'm not a victim. I don't play the victim card. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't me. It was all her. And that if my story helps one person, then I've done my job. You know, I've just... I think of how my mom is and try and make myself better than that. And that's not trying to be snobbish in any way, just to be a better person than the way she is. Right. Right. We're not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm perfectly imperfect. I say that all the time. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's a beautiful lesson. And it's a great way to end. And, and I also know that um, just to our, our listeners, um, I uh, have used the programs of Al-Anon and ACOA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, um, both to deal with my issues of of my parents, uh, my father's drinking in particular, but also in in dealing with uh, other people's behaviors um, that I can't control and that are affecting me adversely. So, And that's another big thing, too, that people need to learn. You can't control how somebody's going to be or act. You just have to control how you feel about it and how you react to it because you can only control you. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a great way to end. Um, To all our listeners, thank you for your continued support. You can visit us on SoberPodcast.com and all places where you find major podcasts to leave us a review, sign up for our mailing list. You also find the contact information in, in the show notes for our guest, Stephanie. And I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, where you can find me every day on TikTok, where I tell a true story in high heels. Signing out from the Sober Podcast. Tune in for another show next week. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.